and it's lights out from the episode of the Breaking the Chain podcast where we will discuss everything from the British Grand Prix. some news stories off the track that have caught my eye over the past couple of weeks. There will be no racing in the Americas due to COVID-19. This is a real shame as the tracks over there always provide some great racing and they will be missed from the calendar. Three new races have been added to the calendar in the forms of the Nürburgring in Germany, Portimalo in Portugal and Imola in Italy. It will be interesting to see how the current generation of F1 cars do on these circuits. Sergio Perez has tested positive for COVID-19. This is a huge shock and it is good that F1 have the proper precautions in place. If we think back to Australia, the same thing happened to a McLaren team member and they had to pack up and go back home. So it's a good thing that the Grand Prix was able to go ahead. And now on to the race weekend itself. With Sergio Perez not able to race due to testing positive to COVID-19, Racing Point needed a driver to stand in for him. And that driver just happened to be Nico Hülkenberg. Nico's weekend started on Thursday afternoon at 4pm when he got the call from Racing Point to stand in for Perez. He then hopped on plane to the UK and then had a seat fit until 2am Friday morning. He was then in the simulator at 8am for a bit of prep work. While all this was going on, Racing Point had to wait for a negative COVID test for Nico and also get him a super license so he would be able to race. More problems at Ferrari plagued Sebastian Vettel's car as he had an intercooler problem on the power unit which cost him the whole of FP1. This season is not going right for Ferrari and as we know F1 is not a forgiving sport. So if there is a problem on the car especially at the moment with a limited amount of people allowed to work on the cars due to Covid it takes twice as long to fix and it just means that one side of the garage is on the back foot compared to the other side. It was a weekend of big blows for Ferrari as the chairman, John Elkin, came out saying that the team would not be scoring regular wins until at least 2022. Three drivers got their lap times deleted in FP1 at Stowe, which is 10.15. These drivers were Lando Norris and both Renaults of Daniel Ricciardo and Esteban Ocon. I notice I keep banging on about this, but I'm starting to come around to the idea that these sensors are actually a good thing, as it stops the drivers from running out wide to gain an advantage in the race. In FP2, Alex Albon had a big shunt at Stowe, as he just lost the rear end of his Red Bull. He then tried to catch it, but ultimately overcorrected it, and it sent him on a one-way trip to the wall. Sebastian Vettel again had problems, this time it was with something being loose in the cockpit. He was able to catch it with his foot though, which was good. The radio message was quite funny though. He said there was something loose in the cockpit. We've heard him say a rendition of this before in the 2018 Brazilian Grand Prix when he said there was something loose between my legs apart from the obvious. I hope we get some more funny radio gold from Vettel in years to come. Although who knows in whose car he'll be in.
or even if it will be in F1. Perhaps he'll follow Alonso's footsteps in the sand to Dakar and we'll get something like there's a snake in my boot from Toy Story. Or perhaps he'll be in some other motorsport format. In FP3, Alex Albon had more bad luck. When they fired up his RB16, they noticed an energy recovery system, ERS for short, problem, and told him to get out of the car. It cost him 45 minutes of FP3, and he was only able to get out with 15 minutes to go. And to add to the pressure, Alex also got a lap time deleted at COPS, turn 9, just for good measure. It really seems that Alex can't cop a break at the moment. I sincerely hope that his talent and promise is allowed to shine through Red Bull and that he doesn't go the way of so many other Red Bull drivers who have been rapidly demoted back to the junior team. This is a luxury Red Bull have with effectively two teams in F1, but I'm not sure it encourages them to stick with talented drivers who may temporarily not be at their best. Nigel Mansell is certainly a polarising driver, but imagine if he had disappeared from a senior F1 team in 1988 after completing only two, yes, two of the 14 races that year. We would never have seen him wrap up the 1992 season in such glorious fashion after 11 of the 16 rounds. Now on to qualifying. Nicholas Latifi span in Q1, losing the rear of his W43 on the exit of Luffield, turn 7. George Russell in the other Williams picked up a 5-place grid penalty for not respecting the double-waved yellows where his teammate went off. Lewis Hamilton in Q2 also lost it on the exit of Luffield, and due to this spin, he brought lots of gravel back onto the track, and as a result of this, the session had to be red flagged so the gravel could be cleared away. Things then went from bad to worse for Albon as he was knocked out in Q2 after what was a terrible day for his side to the garage at Red Bull. Now this is something you don't see very often, two drivers setting the exact same lap time. Well this happened to Lance Stroll in the Racing Point and Pierre Gasly in the Alpha Tauri with a time of 1 minute 26.501. Lance Stroll got through to Q3 as he set the lap time first, but it just shows how close the field is this year. Mercedes had a huge advantage over the rest of the field all weekend long, and it made me think that we were back in 2014, which was the first year of the turbo hybrid era. Back then, the Mercedes power unit was the one to have as it was the best package on the grid. And at least until this year, it seems, the other power unit suppliers have managed to catch up and close the gap. So now the race itself. Racing Point had a problem starting up Nico Hulkenberg's power unit just before the race. And because of this, they missed the cutoff point get the car out to the grid. So they would have had to have started from the pit lane. But unfortunately, they were not able to get the problem rectified and Nico was not able to take part in the race. This is so unfortunate given the preparations that he had to undergo just four days earlier. F1 stepped up their game this week when it came to the pre-race anti-racism taking the knee on the grid. This was also backed up by a video. I won't stay silent. I am committed to fighting for equality for all. I am fully committed in the fight against racism. I won't stay silent against racial discrimination and inequality. 
I believe everyone should be treated equally. I stand in solidarity in the fight against racism. Estoy dedicado en la lucha contra el racismo. I believe that everyone has to play a part in the fight for equality. I'm part of the movement to fight for a better future for us all. Let's all do our part. 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 Put an end to racism. Equality for everyone. So let's all stand up to make everyone see the beauty of it. I stand uh, against racism. I am part of the movement to fight for a better future for all. Let's all do our part to put an end to racism. I feel like F1 want to use their platform to spread the word and awareness about the fight against racism and personally I feel like they did a better job of that this weekend rather than in Hungary. There was a nice touch with the Spitfire flyover in support of the National Health Service in the UK, NHS for short, and all key workers who have supported the world and helped in any way they could during the pandemic. The start of the race was very clean until the end of the first lap when it all went a bit peat-tong for one of the Haas cars. Kevin Magnussen went off the track at club corner turn 17 and 18 when he tangled with Alex Albon on the end of lap 1. Kevin went wide on the exit of club and Alex thought there was a gap and stuck his nose in and because of this he ended up coming together with Kevin and because of this the safety car was brought out. Danny Kvyat was another driver who had a massive crash. This time it was at Maggot's turn 10. He got a right rear puncture and because Maggot, Beckett and Chapel are flat out in the current generation of F1 cars, you can carry a heck of a lot of speed through those corners. And if the car lets go, you are in for a big shunt and that is exactly what happened to Danny. This again brought out the safety car. Due to the lap one incident with Alex Albon and Kevin Magnussen, Alex ended up getting a five second time penalty. Another driver who also got a five second time penalty was Antonio Giovinazzi in the Alfa Romeo for a safety car infringement. On lap 49, Kimi Raikkonen had a front wing failure and due to this, he also got a puncture which completely ruined his race. Another driver who had his race ruined by a puncture was Valtteri Bottas when the tyre just let go on lap 50 whilst he was in second place chasing Lewis. He pitted for a new set and was not able to claw the positions back, finally finishing a disappointing 11th. And now to the drama. On the last lap of the Grand Prix, Hamilton and Sainz both had tyre failures. Luckily for Hamilton, the gap to Verstappen was over 20 seconds, so he was able to keep the lead and win the race. Truly a Lightning McQueen moment from a voice star of cars. So, after a thrilling British Grand Prix, Lewis Hamilton won the race for Mercedes. The, the history books will forever remember that you've got a record number of wins here at the British Grand Prix. What might get forgotten is the drama at the end there, where you were limping over the line and everyone's hearts are in their mouths. Just describe that moment for us and, and how you react to it. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, it's, 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 you know, your heart drops, obviously. Up until then, everything was feeling relatively fine. I heard, of, of course, of Valtteri's tie going. And, um, and for me, I, I, I looked after my tires, I thought, relatively well. And um, but I backed off. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna back off a little bit, and 
not be pushing through the corners, particularly the right-handers, because it's a left-hand tire. And coming to the last lap, everything seemed chill, relaxed, and then just down the straight, the, the tire gate just deflated. Now, I'm really so grateful that it didn't happen through a high-speed corner, because imagine it's through cops or something like that. It would have been a disaster. But uh, it happened there, and for the moment, I just told the team deflation, and then I nearly didn't make it through um, the next two corners, uh, particularly turn seven. And rather than panicking, I was like, okay, how do I get this thing home? Funny, I don't know. I only have like less than half a, you know, half a lap or whatever it is to get back. How can I get back? Am I gonna lose this race? All these questions start going and like, no, just stay, just keep going, keep up the power, keep up the speed. Um, and as I try to accelerate, the tire starts to deflate more and I'm thinking I'm gonna lose the wing. I'm gonna, maybe the wing will go under the car. You have all these different scenarios that, uh, that face you, but then the thing doesn't want to turn right, obviously, because it's, it's busted tire. So uh, I, I don't know, I just, I made some switch changes to lock all the diff and just tried my hardest to, to get round without losing too much time. And I could hear him catching me. Just 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 19, 15, 10, 7. And I'm, I'm thinking, Jesus, this is the one of the most horrible feelings uh, hearing someone catch you that like when you get overtaken just before the line or something. But, uh, you know, thankfully, with, uh, with everyone's support, we managed to bring it home. Max Verstappen came home in second for Red Bull. You could have got the win. It's kind of crazy to think that that yeah. was almost on for it. But how do you kind of juggle that in your own mind? Well, I mean, could have, would have, should have. You know, it, in a way, uh, Lewis got lucky, but also unlucky yeah. because he got a puncture. At the end of the day, they were way faster than us, so they, they deserved to win that race. Um, and I'm happy with second because I had a little present, of course, with Valtteri having a puncture, you yeah. know, so... Uh, once he got a puncture, we are like, okay, well, we're going to just make sure that we are second. So we box, put new tires on and do the fast lap. Um, and then, yeah, in a way, yeah, it's unlucky. Then, of course, you lose it by five seconds because Lewis gets a puncture. But is that lucky or unlucky? I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with, with second for them. With Charles Leclerc coming home in third and rounding out the podium for Ferrari. I'm very happy with P3, even though I obviously know that we've been lucky to be on P3. But even with P4, I was very happy with the way we managed the race. Uh, it's sure that we don't want to be fighting for for, uh, for so long, but at the moment is the way it is. And uh, I'm very happy, though, that uh, we gave it everything and that we maximized uh, what we had in hands. Uh, so uh, in terms of strategy, tire management, it wasn't easy and uh, we managed to make it work. So I'm very happy. And most unusually, Renault haven't, as of yet, protested about something on the Racing Point car. Perhaps that it's too pink. However, as I record this, it is only Tuesday morning here in Australia, so there is still plenty of time. And so we've reached the checker flag. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I look forward to catching you all next time for the 70th anniversary Grand Prix next week. I mean, who doesn't love Silverstone? And this year, we get two bites of the cherry.